Earthalia. Welcome to the Church of Stop Shopping, our radio show and podcast coming to you from lovely downtown Brooklyn, where I'm trapped, locked down in my little apartment. My housemates are sleeping on the other side of the apartment. My partner, Savitri D., and my daughter, Lena. And in the windows, I've got Brooklyn, New York, which is in dire straits. It's atrocious, the number of people that are, are sick and some of them passing away. So it really is a horror show. It really is that bad. My God, unprecedented. We call it the Shapocalypse. Our little um, post-religious earth church, we call it the Shapocalypse. And it is that bad, but it is also, in a sense, it's, well, necessary. I hesitate to say good, but yes, it has to happen. It's been created by the earth for life. We are in an extinction right now. And the earth is struggling to figure out a way to live with its, shall I say, predator species. Here we are. So I'm going to go to the people here who risk arrest together in our church with Savadri and Lena and myself. We call them the Stop Shopping Choir. Going to sing a song for you. Here we go.
The Shapocalypse. Stop Shopping Choir. Thank you. That song has in it lyrics that they come from the old American, the Israelites the, the fleeing from Egypt. We'll drive fast all night to the wilderness. Will we die of fright when the logos hiss? Has that old going west to the promised land kind of American science fiction apocalypse. I'd like to concentrate on the, um, the refrain, it ain't the blues, it's convenience. Convenience is the problem. Not feeling bad, feeling good in the wrong way is the problem. Well, that's what we believe in the Church of Stop Shopping. Well, we oppose consumerism. We think that we're wrapped in products all day long, just, you know, making love. You have all these perfumes and, and hair product and clothing and, you know, the car you drive. It's, it's all just corporations want to get in there into our life passage events. Birth, death, love, they're right there. Well, convenience is a blinding. The comforts and convenience has been so thoroughly around our eyes that we've failed to notice that the earth, this place where we live, is in jeopardy and therefore our lives are in jeopardy. And maybe that's what the pandemic is about. Breaking through because we have not been considering the situation we're in an emergency. We've been asleep at the wheel. Now maybe we will know, yes, it is this serious. And I'm hoping that after this pandemic is over, the survivors will get together and say, we've got to do what the environmental movement never could do, and that is really confront. You know, just a couple dozen companies are responsible for putting most of the CO2 and nitrous oxide and methane into the air and killing the Paris Climate Agreement. The big banks finance the big oil companies, and, and it's just a small group of guys. You could put them on one basketball court, and they probably all know each other. They have not been confronted. And when we're down on the streets like the People's Climate March here in New York, when there were hundreds of thousands of us, they must have been up in the corner offices just kind of looking down at us. They're up. They're away. They're gone. They're in private jets and helicopters. And we need to break through to them, and they can't continue to poison the earth. You cannot poison the earth. And so this apocalypse then would be a good thing if it shook us up so that we saw things in a new way. We said, wait a minute, we have to save our lives now. Let's go. That was the original definition uh, when the Greeks made up that word, apocalypse. How to shake yourself up and start over again. Well, let's sing a song now with the Stop Shopping Choir where... The idea of the apocalypse is not just bad, it's also an opportunity. Amen. When we're wondering what to do, apocalypses come right through. The flames are high, the floods are too. From this world I thought I knew, this natural world that brought me you. Oh,
back. Greetings. Today's sermon. Well, I got a phone call about a week ago from a friend who shared with me that she may have the coronavirus. And suddenly, of course, I must go to my loved ones, Savitri, my partner, Lena, my daughter, and the three of us need to sit down and we need to find out, we need to remember when we were with this person who might be carrying the virus. And that wasn't so hard to do. It was just one time we figured out right away. I think it was just that one time. And that one time was a rehearsal because this person is in the Stop Shopping Choir with us. That rehearsal took place in a big old tunnel, lovely antique tunnel with tile walls, big round tunnel, ah, maybe 100 feet from one end to the other. And that tunnel features rich acoustics. If you just whisper there, you get a symphony. On either end, there was blazing springtime, sunlight, greenery, new buds, and then inside the tunnel, kind of the half dark. A tunnel that small, only maybe a little more than 100 feet, isn't going to get that dark. And it lit up with our voices. Earth Earth Yeah. Oh, uh, we were harmonizing. It was just our chins up in the air and our, our arms in the air. That's what we were remembering now. Lena and Savitri and I, we were seeing ourselves in the act of singing. We were not wearing masks, but we were keeping a social distance that we think was pretty safe. At one point, we were singing in a circle, Earth, hallelujah. And then at another point, we were kind of doing a soft parade back and forth, and strangers were joining us, which was wonderful. Everybody was smiling. It was a special, special... We, we sang for two hours, I think. A long sing-along. Back at our sitting at the table trying to remember what happened, we thought we were very sure that there was no touching at that point. We were keeping our separation and we were touching with the amazing sound of our songs. And then it occurred to us that people all over the world must be doing this, right? Now I'm talking to you. you, Have you done this? Have you reconstructed some of your route through humanity as a result of wondering if you were exposed? Yeah, I think we're all doing this. Doing this around the world. We're, We're going to an experience that we had and letting that memory, our memory function, Just gaze at that experience and letting the colors come up, letting the gestures come up, the things people said, the dogs running between our legs, all the the lifted voices, Greg, our our conductor, you know, waving his arms, keeping the beat. We're all doing that, and, and that is new. That is not something that we've done in in a while. At least Not like we used to, because we have had the rise of the industrial memory replacer. (laughs) And that is is Hollywood, but that's especially Silicon Valley. That's that's the people who sped up information and sped up images. You can't remember? Google it, you know. 
On Facebook, you have these memories. They come back. They're just forced on you. And the Facebook people like have all these pretty colors framing a, an image of yourself 10 or 20 years ago. And you can't, usually we don't get angry about it. We're usually like busy like checking out what we looked like when we were younger. But the memory replacement has been methodical and thorough all across modern society. The corporations discovered that our memory process is a profit center for them. And they have made some of the biggest companies in the world as a result, in very quick order. Now, what has that done to us? Because that taking of our memory from us is no small thing. Isn't having an experience, remembering that experience, gathering the memories, telling a second person about your memory, organizing the details of your memory as a story, telling the story, sequencing your experience, emphasizing certain things, like I'm doing right now with my sermon, isn't that one of the most distinguishing characteristics of being a human being? Am I right? Yes. The ability to reflect, to hone, to select, to send information on, to color it. Yes, that is something that makes us who we are. Except we are letting other people do that for us now. Now, is that okay? Is that all right? The way I'm dwelling on this, are you thinking, Reverend, what's the problem? You don't like that? You don't like Silicon Valley? What? Well, you know what the problem is. In the Church of Stop Shopping, we believe that we've turned into passive consumers. And that might not be so bad except what is happening. We're coming to the end of life as we know it. That's what's happening. And I'm sitting in the, in the, in the middle of this viral tsunami here in Brooklyn. We have thousands of people that are infected. The hospitals are full. But before that was the continent-sized fire in Australia. Before that, California. Paradise, California was outrageous, just bursting into flames. 1,500 tornadoes in the United States last year. I mean, everywhere. The droughts, the downpours, the floods, the pestilence, the movement and outright extinction of so, so much of life on the earth. We're in the sixth extinction and it's just speeding up. The polar ice melting. We are in big trouble here. Yes. That's what that is. Am I right? We just have to call that not good. We just have to call that deadly. Well, now we have been passive through this process. The media makers, the people who entertain us all day on these screens, they have produced the end of the world as our most sought after entertainment. And we, we have not gotten up from the couch, essentially, if I can put it that way, because we are so entertained by what we're seeing. We can't seem to launch our bodies into the earth to have the experience ourselves, and then turn to the people that are making this devastation. Turn to them and say, you can't do that anymore. And from what I've read, there are only a few dozen companies that are doing most of the damage. 
The, the fossil fuel oil companies and the big banks that finance their big projects, the tar sands, the pipelines, the, the deep sea drilling, all of their fossil fuel projects, the, the bringing to market of this 250 million year old sunlight energy, that is responsible for the CO2 and the, and the nitrous oxide and the methane. We're just not stopping them. Partly, they've stolen our ability to remember. And I am, I am saying, in this coronavirus environment in which we find ourselves, I am now making this, this sermon in lockdown. And you may be listening to it in lockdown. This is an experience to remember. And taking this memory, those of us who survive on the other end of this thing, let's gather Let's remember this. And let's make that story, that message, that belief, that shout, and that action directly at the people who are hurting, who are harming life. Life, hallelujah. Will you, will you do this with me? Amen. Let's remember and then act. Amen. I was in the car with Savitri, Savitri and Billy driving across South Dakota for days, destinationless, miles and miles of corporate farming, GMO corn, soybeans. And we kept going, we came out to Sioux country. All of a sudden there weren't any fences anymore. And we gravitated down toward what is known as the Badlands. We paid some money, I think it was 12 bucks or something, to go into the Badlands a 37-mile um, drive in your car on the edge of white and pink and purple and black striated rock. Very beautiful. A little on the order of the Grand Canyon. Coming right out of the prairie. We drove for a while. We had both been there before, years before, when we were much younger. Something about the whole thing was uh, not quite making it for us this time. And we pulled into this scenic, I think they called it a viewing point. I think they were called viewing points. Little parking lots on the edge of the promontory that juts out over the panoramic rock of the Badlands. And we never talked about it, but we just sort of stepped over the fence and sort of walking into the scenic view. And just 
ingested some kind of, inhaled some sort of breath of bravery or something, we had to know that, I mean, there were signs and everything. You can't leave the little cul-de-sac. <laughs> we walked down, down, down into the scenic view. We pierced the scenic view. We committed the crime of becoming people inside other people's scenic view. They're not supposed to have any people over there. We kept walking, not talking, walking farther and farther. And then we sort of walked through a, a sort of crease in the beautiful layered rocks. I went up into the sky like a city block up. We walked in this little narrow canyon came out behind the scenic view and there was a beautiful meadow there a kind of uh would you call it a swale what's a swale have i heard that word somewhere uh, there might have been a little stream there i don't think i saw the stream but it's a little bit like like a, a valley we walked into this meadow of all these native long grasses different we still weren't not talking we, we held hands now and again mostly we just kept walking all the sounds of the wind in the grass the wind whistling through the rocks Finally, we sat down. We lay on our sides and then waited. Waited for a long time. And then the grassland around us began to change. There were heads surfacing in the grasses, looking at us. Animals of different kinds. Antelope. Deer. Bighorn sheep. looking at the eyes and we were there long enough to feel that this place was alive with eyes, ears, senses. So many beings we were watching each other was the place was being with itself so many eyes
And so, that's it. This little church service is now ending. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Talking about trying to find ways back to action. Action for change. Amen. And if some of you perhaps want to talk to us about this experience you've had, and we hope you do, here's our email at the Stop Shopping Church. Very simple. You ready? RevBilly at RevBilly.com. RevBilly at RevBilly.com. And I have some gratitude to express the composer of the Shapocalypse song, Rick Ulfick, and the soloist in that song, Laura Newman, our music director, Nehemiah Luckett, and the Stop Shopping Choir. And I'd like to thank Jason Candler, who's my partner in making this this half hour, the sound designer and the editor. Jason and our friend Brendan Burke accompanied me in the Badlands story. Jason on saxophone, Brendan on the drums. And the three of us together call ourselves the Fiery Eagles of Justice. And we hope you are too. Wherever you are, be safe, be healthy, be careful in, this, in, this, in these days. Earth-alluia. This is Reverend Billy. Thank you.